Put on your baggies, boys, and your raraches too. It's the Beach Boys, boys. The world's number one podcast about the world's preeminent surf rock group, hosted by your boys, Pete and PJ. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Took you a while today. Yeah. Also, do you think we should restart because you laughed over the song? No, I think it's fine. Okay. <laughs> I, d- I yeah. guess it's probably fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't mean. I just <laughs> think it's a funny why, song. Why is it so funny to you? I don't know. Is it that it, they're saying da or that they're saying dumb? Both. Mm. A little column A, column B. Yeah. 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 That's right. You know, that actually works with this song because it's very. It's about someone coming and it's also about someone going. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Sorry, what? Yeah, it's a good song. Nice. Yeah. It's yeah. a nice song. It's pretty. That song, okay. I Just Died in Your Arms Tonight, is also oh, about somebody coming. sax solo. You're really taking free use of that. Uh, that yeah, one, I have a... One uh, power I gave you. I have a knob now, so it's it's going to be... You're going to hear a lot of fade in, fades out now yeah. in this uh, in this episode. Just on the tunes, though. I have no control over our voices yeah. <laughs> or any sound effects. I also have control over the tunes. I so. guess I could... Oh, you do, too? Yeah, okay. we both well, do. So we could duel. All right. Yeah. I well, guess no, I could look I would up win sound effects. Yeah, right. That's sure. the unfortunate part. Yeah, right. Whatever, PJ. I guess. I mean, fortunate for me, I suppose. So, this is the Beach Boys Boys, where two boys talk about the Beach Boys. Yeah. And this is our second episode. If you missed out on the first one, it's weird that you're starting at the second episode, for one. And Maybe they just know that they hate that first album already. I mean, it's a bad album. And they just don't even want to hear it. It is a bad album. It's very bad. Yeah, but you it, can hear us dick around for forty-five minutes before we start talking about the album. Yeah, at that all. episode is far too long. Yeah, no, I've, I've cut it down a little bit, but what? I don't think you should have edited anything out, especially the parts where you had to get up and adjust your microphone. Yeah, and the parts times. where we say the password to our email. Uh, well, maybe you could edit that one out, but yeah. that's okay. Is it reprise or reprise? I always say reprise. I think it can go either way. I think it's like biopic or biopic. You can it's say definitely you, biopic. I say biopic, but you can say it the other way, and it's what about correct. rockumentary? <laughs> Do you say rockumentary or rockumentary? I say rockumentary. Mm, yeah, like you're British. Yeah, a rockumentary. Oh, oh, a Beach Boys. Oh my God, I just need some. Do you think with the Beach Boys they would have to call it a rockumentary? Or a surf documentary. Oh, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a hot start. So, uh, well, we are talking about the Beach page. Boys more than we did last time, which is good. Yeah. Um, also, here's a picture of Mike Love with a ridiculous beard. I never knew it got that long. He looks I like knew a, he had a cult beard, leader. Yeah. Jesus Christ. He looks very He's freaky. even wearing like a tweed suit, and he's got a little yeah. paper cup. Yeah. It's pretty disturbing. Yeah. I dig it. That's from People Magazine. Beach Boys' Mike Love remembers confrontation with Charles Manson. <laughs> Oh, also, hey, do that closer to the mic, huh, PJ? PJ's pouring a beer out. Wait, Clink let me, it. Let me get a clear yeah, drop a, on yeah. this. That's a pretty good That pour. is really pleasing to the ear, actually. I love 
when people do that. Welcome to the Beach Boys, boys, your ASMR Beach Boys podcast. The only podcast where two boys talk you, about the Beach Boys. You got to get deep up in there. Pe- I got to get deep. Yeah. I got to get really deep. Uh, is that what you, is this ASMR? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, when I do this. Softer. When I do this, is this ASMR that people enjoy listening to? That's more like NPR. Yeah. Right. Okay. I a- think I get it. ASMR is a radio station, right? Hmm? ASMR 105.9. Yeah. The Hawk. They all start with K and then east of the Mississippi, they all start with something else. W. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So no, it okay. isn't a radio station, dumbass. I'm sorry. Maybe an online radio station. What's that? An online radio station? It's a podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know what that is. Yeah. We're on one. Uh, Yeah. You know, is it a, it's sort of a tree falls in the forest situation. Is it a podcast if no one listens to it? Except for us to, it, to see how dumb we are. My cats are listening. Oh, they're both asleep, actually. Yeah, they don't They don't have any interest no. in the Beach Boys. Okay, so episode two. They're big uh, we should fans. stop numbering these as much as, well, no, never mind, because we're going through chronologically. Yeah. So they won't ever be, re- we might release one out of order. Yeah. <laughs> actually, we might release others out of order, the ones that aren't chron- in chronological order. But I should stop saying exactly which episode number it is, because... Then people are gonna know that it's out. See, of See, now we've had this talk though. We can do whatever the fuck we want, Peter. True, because oh, now sorry, people whatever know. Whatever the frick we want. At some point, yeah, <laughs> my my parents are gonna listen to this, PJ. And, and you know, they I just don't want that. Hate cursing. I don't want to have to pay for that explicit tag. <laughs> it costs it costs several thousand dollars to get an explicit tag. It's sort of like the alcohol laws in Montana, where to get a license you have to wait for another restaurant to close. Yeah. To get an explicit tag on iTunes, you have to wait for it another does. album to sell out. <laughs> Or for another podcast to shut down. Okay. All right. So we're going to be talking about... So last week we talked about uh, the Beach Boys formation and their first record, uh, Surf and Safari, uh, which PJ and I roundly hated. Yeah, it was bad. It was a bad album. shitty and boring and uninteresting to listen to. There was one and a half good songs on it, and it was only 20 minutes or something? Yeah. 22 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I looked at it again. I forgot that I only gave it a 2 out of 10, and I also forgot they only gave it a 1 out of 10, but it's... That seems right. Yeah. No, that's... I... uh, Even despite the fact that I had three more records to listen to for this episode, I never even considered listening to Surf and Safari again this last week. Yeah. No. (laughs) Whereas, I would, you know... You had a good time this week listening. I had a great time this week. So, uh, in 1963... so So, Surf and Safari was released in October 62. Yeah. And then March 63 is when their next record comes out. And then they have another record in April and another record, nope, another record in July and then another record in September. Okay, so remind me of that one after we've listened to all of the songs because I've got a thought about that. Wait, no, it's March, <laughs> September, and October, I believe. September, yeah, and, yeah, damn. September, October. They recorded one of them in about three weeks. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I think I know which one. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, so they just did not slow down at all. And yeah. what's weird about that is that there wasn't really it wasn't in their contract to release three records a year. They just and like thought they'd do it. Even yeah. though album release schedules were generally quicker yeah. in the sixties, but still three a year is still they were super hot, with... especially since none of them were compilations. Like they were all they, well, technically full on original albums. They did reuse one song. Well, they reused a lot a of songs. A few songs, yeah. But, but but none of them were technically compilation albums they were all technically like new studio albums well so they were working with that edward guy edward i believe yeah right edward Um, 
Do you think his name is Edward Ward? Ed, yeah. Edward Ward. Um, well, it's Ed Edward Ward. Yeah. <laughs> was his full the name. The fifth. Yeah. Um, do, but do you, he was a he was a record industry guy, right? So do you think it was him, since he was working so closely with them, that made them, like... I'm sorry. Who's Edward? <laughs> the, I really don't remember. He's the car guy, right? He's the one who made him write songs about cars and shit. That's Gary Usher. Oh, who the fuck is Edward? Uh, Edward Ed Ward was the historian guy oh, who had right. his little <laughs> shitty NPR article about Dennis. That's right. I deciding just, to write I about just it. remembered yeah. that name, but the other no guy. No problem. Gary Usher. Yeah, but yeah. Gary Usher wasn't really. He just wrote songs with Brian. He yeah. wasn't that involved with. And then they have a new car guy though, Roger Christian who influences oh. their car themes going forward. He's got a really good weird, song about him. But... Roger Christian all the time. Here's cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway. All right, so we're going to probably just jump straight into it. We have Let's three whole fucking albums to go through, and we'll only get to skip some songs near the end. So, Anyway, also, so the first one. I would one, like to say, well, shut all up. three I'm of talking. these albums. So the first one. <laughs> <laughs> all three of these albums are less than an hour. Put together maybe a well, little bit longer yeah. about an hour yeah all, all i don't understand so 25 minutes 26 minutes so we're at 51 this okay. is getting hairy pj yeah it, unless this last one is nine minutes i think we're gonna come in at over an hour 26 minutes was it it felt like so it's an hour 18 my mental math just completely disappeared so i that guess. sounds right yeah. i was not paying attention so but all incredibly short, although all much longer than their uh, first album. Well, actually, no. Not much. They're Only all 25 if... minutes, basically. Yeah. And then Surfer Girls, 26 minutes. We should figure out the average length of Beach Boys album. By the end of their career, I'll bet it's still around 26 I would, minutes. Yeah, by the end. I would say. Because even their later stuff actually gets shorter, of even all things. Pet Sounds wasn't even that long of an album. Uh, Pet Sounds is definitely the longest one. It's yeah. like 36 minutes. Yeah. It's, so it's a full it's on. It like short almost album. filled the LP. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to their other ones where. I have it like, up there. So yeah. So I have some old Beach Boys vinyl and like. A lot of excess It's amazing vinyl. how much yeah. gap is at the end of those things. That doesn't Holy surprise shit. me. Yeah. So. Yeah. So in 1963. So after their first record. Uh, they got signed to Capitol and immediately started recording more. Brian Wilson was just feeling like, I don't know, all his dreams were coming true, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Because he really liked writing and recording music. And so they... Okay, uh, he said that at this point, that he liked writing and recording music. I can understand the recording part, but his writing process cannot be. I have an interview interview with Brian Wilson, and it says, so it was from late 1962, and they say, how do you feel about your new Capitol Records contract? And Brian says, quote, I like the writing and recording process. Oh, okay. And then they move on to the next question. Yeah, so, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I really let him off easy with that one, actually. I, I would have pressed him a little bit harder as yeah. a journalist. I mean, in the 60s, though, you can't really blame him. That's true. You know, it was all pop journalism at that point. Yeah. It was all fluff. They didn't and, really give them. And they were too busy trying to put the little light bulbs back in their cameras. Hmm? You know, the like, in the sixties, the cameras that journalists use, they yeah. like the big ones, and as the flash, and then the yeah. light bulb falls out, and they have to pop a new one in there. Hmm. I don't think it falls out; they eject it. I'm not, it there's a button out. that shoots it out. I don't think that's right. That's exactly right. Like there's a thing on the back of the flash that you hit, and it pops no, the bulb out, and then you, know, you put the new one in. I don't think. 
think it just falls. It's very loose it, in there. It's the force yeah. of the flash going off. Exactly. I'm hits the light bulb out of the camera. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, that works for me. It's like an automatic turntable. Some of them you can eject them. Or what was that word you were saying? Hmm? Erect eject. them. Okay. And then um, some of them, most of them, in fact, yeah. just do it automatically. Belt drive or chain drive turntable, PJ. Uh, I prefer direct drive. Mm, I'm a chain drive guy. I like to I like to grease that chain. Yeah. I mean, that's what you say about your wallet chain too. Hmm? You keep that fucking thing greasy. Well, yeah. I have to have it go with my look, which is covered in grease. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good look. I like to so we're gonna get to this. Um I'm a big car guy. Yeah. And so most of my work is in the garage. Yeah, of course. And that's where you're so greasy. I do, yeah. But I I like to live the life of a car guy, which I think means being greasy at all times. I think that's right, yeah. Yeah. So I basically only own black colored things because I just I don't like the way you said black and colored. <laughs> I don't like the thing I don't like the way you said it. All right. On to so the album Surfing feet. USA was released in March of nineteen sixty three. Okay. Mm. Sorry, you caught me right in the middle of a sip when I tried to start talking. <laughs> Sorry, just ripping a bong over here. That's the smallest. That's a tiny bong. Well, let me get on my bigger one. Yeah, there you go. Those are some really little bubbles. There. That, yeah. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. But let's get that clean. Yeah, let's get Okay, everybody. We're making a soundboard for future episodes. Yeah. When the Beach Boys start smoking weed, we're going to need bong rip sounds. Yeah, and we're going to need everybody to be quiet on set. Yeah. Oh, it hurts my throat to do that with beer. <coughs> oh, I was trying to get a clean cough in there, too. Oh. All right. Well, that's okay. Anyway, let's move on. If you're still listening, so we reached, really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, this is the world's number one podcast uh-huh. about the world's preeminent surf rock group, the Beach Boys, where the, we talk exclusively and only about the Beach Boys from start to finish yeah. in every episode. So, Surfing Safari. Nope. Surfing USA. Um, I don't blame them for naming their first three albums basically the exact same thing, yeah. but it makes it really goddamn <laughs> annoying to talk about. Yeah. Cause it's, I'm sure they sold more because of it, because people forgot which one they had or which one someone told them to buy, but still, Jesus Christ. I just remember it was by a band called The Beach Boys, and it was about it's surfing. surfing. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? It sold a lot of goddamn <laughs> records that way. All right. So it reached number two in the U.S., which is huge. Their first one re- what, what was reached number like, one in the U.S. What, at the time? 48? Ooh, that's a great question, PJ. Billboard. So we want the March 1963 March 63, Billboard yeah. charts. Billboard number one albums of 1963. That week, <laughs> the okay. So first of all, they had it broken up into stereo and mono albums, that's so which is bizarre. wild. So the number one mono album the week that the Beach Boys. Yeah. Second record, Surfing USA, came out. Songs I Sing on the Jackie Gleason Show by Frank Fontaine. (laughs) And the number one stereo album, the West Side Story soundtrack. (laughs) Which fucking crushed. It was number one from March 16th to May 25th. And then it it was also number one, though, from the beginning of January to the 2nd of March. I did that out of order. But there was a Charlie Bird album. Was for... number one for a week, yeah. and otherwise, West Side Story was up there from January to May. Jesus Christ! Yeah, 
Yeah. I think and I then Andy that. Williams oh, fucking took over with Days of Wine and Roses. And he was on the top for like six months after that. Every time I go to like a record Damn. store or a thrift store and look through the vinyl, yeah. um, there's always a shitload of Andy Williams that people are just yeah. hankering to get rid of. Yeah. He's up there. He's one of those guys who just was so popular. And now I just, I can't honestly even imagine listening to an Andy yeah. Williams record. <laughs> like maybe if there's a good single you find and throw on some playlist to be kind of kooky, but there's no way a full Andy Williams album is worth owning. No, at all. absolutely not. Right? All right. Well, so surfing USA came out Yeah. and let's see. So the song was the lyrical follow-up to surfing, which oh, yeah. if we're going to get technical here, <laughs> every single Beach Boys record after the first one that is mentions surfing is a lyrical follow-up. follow-up. That is an insane thing. So this is all off the album liner notes website yeah. that I found that has like all the deluxe edition liner notes that have a bunch of history and interviews spliced in. So and so that's like, that. I know, but whoever wrote it, that's how he starts the surfing USA one, which is just, come and, on, and man. every other you subsequent gotta, album. Yeah. Come on. So pretty good. But anyway. So at this point, they're just like, you know, dudes in their early 20s and teens. like. Okay, yeah. So our band members, yeah. what's great about the Beach Ooh, Boys yeah. is that every single episode, we're going to get to talk about the band members, and it will change almost every single episode. And yeah. in this episode, we're going to have three different lineups for three different albums, that does which is not wild. Surprise me. Yeah. Okay. So for Surfing USA, our lineup, Brian. Right. Bass, singing, songwriting, producing, yeah. and uh, keyboards and piano. Okay, I was going to ask who was playing keyboards and yeah. stuff. Uh, Mike singing, also saxophone. I did not actually know Holy that he shit. was their saxophone player. I, that, that, I assumed it was just a studio guy. I did too, and that yeah. blows my mind because it's like pretty good sax. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carl. Oh, so by the way, Brian at this point is 21. Mike is 22. Yeah. Carl, uh, lead guitar, is 17, which is impressive when we get to... Mm. He's 17. Uh, David Marks, their school friend, who's playing rhythm guitar, is 15. Uh, Dennis, drummer, singer, 19. Uh, Except on Surfing USA, for some reason, they had a different drummer, and I'm unclear why. Probably because Dennis wasn't good enough. Dennis isn't bad. I mean, he's not great, though. Okay, if you're going to get technical, none of them are good enough. Like, if you replaced all of them with studio players, it would be much better. The idea is that they were like a teenager band, so they wanted, so they all played themselves. Do you know who the drummer is on Surfing USA? It's a guy named Frank DeVito. And he's just a session guy? I can find... I'm pretty sure he played on other famous stuff. Like, he was a famous... Um, session player? He was a famous, like, surf drummer. Oh, okay. Who played on a lot of surf singles. Like Dick Dale and stuff? Who? Uh, Dick Dale. I've never heard of that before in my life. Um, Dick Dale Rescue Rangers? He has a website, frankdevitodrummer.com. Ooh. I'm surprised he's still alive. For all of those people who are freaking out right now, yes, of course I know who Dick Dale is. The guy from Pulp Fiction. I know. I get it. Oh, Danny DeVito comes up. I just didn't even look at the first Wikipedia entry and clicked on it. <laughs> Frank DeVito does not have a Wikipedia? That seems impossible. He, um. So, but he played on, yeah, he played on a lot of stuff like that. So Okay, cool. They got him. Uh, for some reason or another, they said, you know what, Dennis? Sit this one out. You're sucking it up on the drums. We're going to need you didn't, to take a back seat. Isn't that or, kind of, kind actually, of a the story I heard was that Dennis had detention that day. <laughs> and that they had to get a session drummer. <laughs> Although he was 19 and he graduated high school, yeah. he got detention. Uh, so this record, 
uh, was the first album. I mean, it's only their second album, but it was the first album where yeah. Brian Wilson double tracked vocals yeah, for okay. them, which becomes a you know big Beach Boys thing, obviously. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> practically their only thing. The first record, again, it's the second one, so it's semi meaningless. But the first record where Brian started singing more lead, like he sings about half of the lead songs from here till I think the after Pet Sounds era. Yeah. Um, him and Dennis and it starts being a little more democratic. He and Mike are still the main guys, but yeah. like Dennis and Carl get a couple stabs here and there and stuff. So, um, and then what were my other record notes? Um, so I just, uh, well, I don't know. We could just get into it. Yeah. Let's get How about? It all right. right into so it. surfing USA, you guys all know this one. This was in the running to be our opening track, but yeah. we'll see. Hey, guess what? Now that I have control of the knob, I should remember that I have to turn it back up when I want to play songs and not just leave it off. Okay, so I didn't take notes song by song like I did last week because I thought it'd be more fun just to like listen uh-huh. and then okay. do it. Um, what are your thoughts on Surfing USA? The name drop song of the century. It's basically just a list of 40 locations, oh, yeah. and let's make a song about it. <laughs> yeah. It's not bad, actually. It's a great song. It's um, very catchy for what so it is. So, for how much I don't like any of their surf music, this yeah. song is pretty good. I like it better than uh, Surf and Safari. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think so. It's a sure. pretty good song. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, like, I, d- I don't absolutely hate it. Like, I hated almost every song on the first album. Yeah. It's, like, it's fine. And it, if I had to pick one surf song... It would be this one, and then they don't have to do anymore. Huh? Right? Like yeah. Like if um, I'm if I'm making a Beach Boys playlist, yeah, this is the one song that sounds exactly like that that's going on it. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing about this song that I did not know because I uh, am gonna make every older person who listens to this podcast mad. I don't really know Chuck Berry that well. It's apparently just a Chuck Berry song with yeah. surf lyrics. Yeah, absolutely. So here's the Maybelline, right? Sweet little sixteen. Sweet little sixteen. That's right. Yeah, uh, they got sued like really? hard over oh, this. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, like, I mean, I know I probably should have known that, but um, yeah, it's the exact same song. Based so. on, uh, <laughs> I believe the film Chess Records. He oh, heard that okay. on the radio while he was having sex with a 16 year old white girl in a car. Sure, and then he got sense. arrested for and taking. She her said, over. "Oh, I love this song, Chuck. Yeah, Why can't you record something this good?" And then he gets mad. <laughs> He's like, "That's my song." Yeah, I'm Chuck Berry. I'm like watching people pee. Um. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it, I think he was like back then they were stealing everything from Chess Records. Yeah, which was you know all well, like, yeah, that black. was every white guy music yeah. from like until nineteen sixty four was just yeah, yeah. What so. is a song from black people that we can change the lyrics to slightly and then re-record? Exactly. <laughs> all right, track two, Farmer's Daughter. Oh yeah. Who's singing lead? This is Brian. Yeah, this is. And it was. Yeah. This is the most grating. Mike on Surfing USA. This is the most grating uh, voice on any Beach Boys track I've listened to yet. He gives his falsetto a workout. Yeah, I just can't do it. Like, I think it's like, I don't know, it's a slow Beach Boys song for sure. But his voice on it, like, I just cannot stand it. 
and like a lot of the time his like none that's of their actually really great. interesting to me because it honestly sounds like brian wilson always sounds to me it doesn't sound any more See, obnoxious and, like i was fairly certain it was brian wilson and i like brian wilson on like when he's doing falsettos and other songs so, yeah some of the time but like this one i just don't know what it is i think it's because it's like a slower pace so it yeah. just drives me fucking crazy i hate it I, I just like this song because the backing track just sounds like regular like surf rock music and then the lyrics are just about a farmer's daughter yeah. <laughs> like I did think nothing to do with too, surfing yeah. at all but if you listen like the guitars they're doing like little surf rock licks in the back and you're like okay <laughs> I mean I guess um I don't know I I like this song fine it's you know it's nothing special but it's pretty good for what Yeah it is. I mean and I think I would have just been very like I would it, it would have been very middle of the road if it wasn't for his voice yeah. specifically on that one. I think that one should have been on my I think one. it's just the way it comes in. I think if he started not at like the that highest possible been, note, yeah. you would have dug it a little bit more. Yeah, All right. Probably. So now we get to their cover of Miserloo. Oh my god. Really? I think it's very passable. It's definitely not great, no, but it's dude. passable. For for Carl being 17, yeah, I'm impressed. So you can tell he's 17. Because they, I guarantee what happened was you learned the first part's fine, but then once it gets into the wait, you'll hear it here okay. in a second. I guarantee you learned the first part, and they're like, "That's pretty good." And they're just like, "Oh, thanks. I know, I know all of it. Oh, I swear." <laughs> that part is not great. They could have used a second take. None of this high stuff is good. It's like not quite in rhythm. It's just not like the first part. Great. I think, and I think that's the first part is mostly Dennis doing bass. That no, but no, I'm I think I'm wrong on that. But like none of the rest of it. The first part sounds fine. It sounds like yeah, a less good version. I of I, I hear what you mean. Really. I don't know. As someone who has played guitar yeah. and has attempted to Learn be a consistent like yeah. fast picker like that, it's really fucking hard to do like the Vampire Weekend thing. Yeah. For a long amount of time. And so, like, Miserloo is... Well, dude, and you have a fucking professional studio. Like, do for... it. No, you're not wrong. For what it is, I'm... I, also, I think it's fine. I also don't understand why they would cover this. I also... Well, it because... It makes zero sense. Okay, so this album, I think, is what... This album is what Surf and Safari should have been. Yeah. So you remember I was Surf and Safari? I was like, why are there instrumentals at the back? Why aren't, like... They don't front load all their best songs. Yeah. Like, Surfing USA solves all of those problems. They put all their good songs at the front. They put, like, surf instrumentals at the front to get, like, real surf people involved. Yeah. Anyway, I, I think they're covering it because like, it's a huge song. Well, it's And they want to be a but legit like, surf band. I don't know. why. If I was in the 60s and I was a surfer, <laughs> why I would choose this over Dick Dale's Miserable to play. Well, no. Even as a, but as a DJ, I would never play that over Dick Dale's Miserable. No one's asking you to. It's an album cut. They got to fill it out with something, though. And, and that, so them covering, yeah. like, a famous song makes it's sense. It's just, yeah. Well, and that, like, I feel like a lot of, if there's you put a this lot record of filler on, on these three If albums. you put this record on at the Sock Hop, yeah. no one's going to be like, what the hell, put on the Dick Dale version, because they aren't just, like... Well, they're I, just putting the record on. Yeah, I and guess so that's like what, it's a good dance track. So it, fine. It sounds Let's like leave somebody playing this song. A wedding band playing this. Song. <laughs> like one hundred percent. You're not wrong, but but prom band. Like if your seventeen year old cousin showed up to your wedding and did that version of Miserloo, you'd probably be like, yeah, all right, it's passable. I mean, for like the fifty bucks you're paying him, you're yeah. like, yeah, all right. 
Fair. <laughs> I think for what they are at this point, which is basically a garage band, I think it's passable. I think but it's fine. I just thankfully don't, it's not great. We get two instrumentals in a row, so we can compare them. Yeah. And this one, oh boy. I liked this one. I like this one. Yeah. My so my thing was no wait I didn't like this one. No, you liked a different one. I liked a different. There's one. four instrumentals on this record, so you're gonna like one of them. Yeah. There might be five. Uh, that I think that's what I like. Clearly, all of the instrumentals are filler. And none of them at this point. No, it is not this one that I like. Uh, they're not filler though, because instrumentals were like. Well, were that's the what surf rock surf, was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think so. It's not filler for them. It's filler. I mean, all non-singles are filler. I if think, you want to get technical. I think they would have rather like. I think you know they're acting as a democratic unit, as you said. Well, true. Well, actually, point. I don't think we are in that era yet. But we're I, in the Beach Boys under Brian Wilson. <laughs> see, I think Brian would have loved to have written every song. Well, like yeah, but when and you're putting this, out three like, fucking records a year, exactly. Like, I just, I just think they would have rather done something else, and they weren't contractually obligated. But I think they were like, yeah, we could throw in like an instrumental here, fill out. The I album. think at the very least, Capital. I mean, okay, at this point, they were still plenty comfortable playing only writing and singing yeah. surf and car songs. Yeah, and Capital definitely marketed them as like that's why they paid them is because they were a surf rock group and yeah. they needed a hit, and surf rock was huge. So, I mean, I get it. I just, like, don't think at this point, and this might be controversial, any of them are good enough musicians to put out an instrumental track. Once we get to other ones, yes. I, th- there, I don't think there is either of the yeah. last two. No. Um, I don't this, think though, most is of the, the perfect song, trails. by the way. All I could yeah. think of when I heard this, this sounds exactly like the track you'd hear, like, behind a radio announcer's voice when he's like, and it's 60s night. We're going to take callers soon. You can <laughs> yeah. request anything you want. Right now we have the beautiful surf sounds of yeah. the Beach Boys yeah. playing stoked a surf classic. That, that's exactly like, that's what, what I thought. That's what this song is. It is yeah. tailor made to be talked over. Except my thought as was as a like theme night on the radio. Not a radio know? DJ, but theme night at the roller disco. <laughs> like, <laughs> or that, yeah, yeah. And You're totally keep... right. That's... But it's like the cheap version that they yeah. can get for nothing because it's like a Beach Boys album cut, which yeah. who cares? Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Now we sense. have Lonely Sea, the first ballad on this album. I don't remember if I like this one or not. I think it's fine. Let's listen. Oh no, I didn't. This one was fine. I there it wasn't like not something to write home about. It was it was super okay. I mean, it, it is better than the first. Well, I, I don't think the first one that I didn't like where it's slower. Which one was that one? What was the name of that song? What? Oh, Farmer's Daughter. Farmer's Daughter. It, that one's a slower one. This one is obviously slower than that. Yeah. But I like the vocals on this one better. Yeah, Brian's voice is much better. I really like yeah. this song a lot. What I just. This is one of many songs we're going to talk about today that I think would just be like great stone cold classic beach boy songs if they weren't about surfing yeah so and i do like if this was just a generic love song i would love it you know but i just i'm not ever going to use this although i don't know lonely sea is honestly not super surfy we'll get to a couple later that are just annoying in that it's like if you just didn't say surfer there yeah i would love this song so much yeah well and so this is a good song though i like this one. i don't think it's a bad song i just think and i was excited that it was not the same 12 bar blues 
Yeah. What's interesting, we're this like already getting away one. from that stuff, though, which is interesting. This is the first one, I think, chronologically, though, that isn't a oh, 12 bar blues. I don't remember him talking over it. Fuck off. I hate when they do that in old songs. It's, it's never, they, it's never they good. Didn't, they couldn't write a verse. It's only it funny. It only works when it's like a parody of something like that. Yeah. It's never, I don't think I've ever And then it song, came back around like with R&B in the 80s when they were just like, I still don't like it. Tonight, I'm gonna. Yeah. Get up in that butt. Now we have shut down. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't care. I don't think any of their car songs I will ever like. No. They're all just like, yeah. I, I hope there's a 55-year-old man who listens to this podcast, and we say something, and he only likes the car songs, and we're just going to skip real quick over them because it's yeah. not a good song. It's... Fine. And I hope he just is like, okay. what? what? Noble Surfer. What are they? First of all, no, the fact know. that it's about a noble surfer. Yeah. <laughs> so dedicated. Yeah. The funniest part about them writing surf songs is that none of them really surfed. And so. Dennis, sorta. Well, I know Dennis, sorta. We went over that. But, like. I imagine just Brian writing all these songs and being like, oh, shit, what's some hip surfer lingo? Yeah. And it's like when like Hillary Clinton tried to be like uh, personal. Yeah, it does feel a little bit yeah. that way. Yeah, you're yeah. right. And I'm not saying anything bad about Hillary Clinton, but that like vine. You're not allowed just, to. Like, what? Just No. Just chilling. She stood by her husband, PJ. Um, I did forget <laughs> Stoked was actually an original instrumental. Not that yeah. that says anything good or bad about it, but. Yeah. Just, I mean. Most of the instrumentals are covers, so that was kind of interesting. But really, I didn't. Okay, know that. I really like the Glockenspiels on this, though. I do They're remember. Bomb. Yeah, 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 yeah. Enjoying this when it came yeah. up. Yeah, very groovy. All right, honky tonk. Oh, I skipped it. Honky tonk. Yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, our third instrumental of the record. Is this the one I like? Yeah, me. You don't know. No. I think. This is the best Carl guitar song we have out on our show today. Yeah. We'll get to it in a second. They're all decently basic blues riffs, but he plays them well. He doesn't play them poorly. This one is pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. Th- Again, it's nothing special. Yeah. You could learn this one out of a book, but it's pretty good. It, this is exactly the music somebody puts on in the background at a party where like yeah. it's a very divided group so like nobody's gonna say anything because they're just like oh it's just you know it's, it's just music it's very you know yeah mild and bland you know this I, lick uh, is pretty good I don't like that the bass and the guitar are like both sing- but doing the off time thing works I, I don't know I think it would work if they put the bass a little bit quieter I think it's fine all right. I think that one's pretty good. Out of any of it. them, out of any of the instrumentals I would play under a radio DJ talking, I would go with that one. Yeah. I'd go All with right. the last one. Now we're Atlanta. Ooh. This one, to me, sounded like a Frankie Valley song. A little bit. Yeah. But Frank- Interesting you brought them up. Yeah? Yeah. We'll get to it. Okay. Uh it just like I said, I know PJ will hate this song, but I love it. That was my first note because of his voice. It's I don't know. I don't. 
Exact, exact writing. PJ will hate the vocal take. <laughs> I don't like it. I, it's not the worst they've done, though. I just, like, to me it's annoying that they, like, Frankie Valley and stuff was going on in, like, you know. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't actually know, but, like, late 50s to now. At this actually, point. around now. Yeah. Yeah, around It was now. around 61, 62, 63 yeah. that so, they were really big. And so the, they were really big, and it's just that they're trying to do the same thing, but with surf music in the I background. mean, kind of. Lana's very generic. Yeah. It's just about a lady, but... I, uh, Wait, a song about a lady? Wow. A lady named Lana. Lady Lana. Uh, I really. That really, also sounds like a radio DJ. Thing. I really like this song. It's fine. I the first time this came on, and maybe this is just of virtue of it being right after Surf and Safari, but I went, "What is this song?" And like skip back to listen to it again because I was like, "This is actually a good song that I want to listen to, and is catchy and interesting." So um, uh, it, was, it was all right. It was eight. I like this one. I feel a little bit less good about it after like six more listens over the last few days. Yeah. It's a little more just fine, but it's definitely, I think, the best song on this record. Lana? Yeah. It's good. Um, I'm still sticking with the first song, Surfing USA. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Can't blame me for that one. That is where our uh, tagline comes from. So. Yeah. Um, The only other thing. Oh, well, it's just really interesting you bring up Frankie Valley and Four Seasons because they're going to come up on our next record oh they were the beach boys rivals at this time pj oh so they, those two were the like highest selling groups of yeah people, i think 62 and 63 people love and falsettos so, and harmonies they did this, yeah, yeah yeah okay uh all right now we have surf jam what's your favorite kind of surf jam strawberry or grape yeah, I'm really into Surf Strawberry, but it's mostly just because of the alliteration. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I think this might have been the one that I like. This one sucks. Wait, let me... I can't... I, there was one instrumental this that I This basically just earlier. sounds like Miserloo, but without the good guitar line. Yeah, no, this was not the one I liked. I don't remember which one the one I liked is. Okay, so this one... I just remember hearing First of all, this and, is the fourth instrumental on the record, Yeah. and there's still one more to go. This was like playing while I was getting ready to go to work the other day, yeah. and I like, I rolled my eyes to myself and went like, "What is this one? Like fucking surf jam?" <laughs> and I'd probably seen it before that morning, yeah. so that's why I thought of it immediately. But then looked at it and went, "Holy shit, it is that generic!" Like, yeah, yeah it's just surf jam. They could have named every single instrumental surf jam, yeah. and it would have been apt. But this, we get that Mike Love saxophone on this one, so I do like the Mike Love saxophone. It's you know, it's fine. N- not on you this kinda, song, actually. You have to have sax on a surf yeah. record, but I, I didn't I like it on find... that song, I don't think. There's another song yeah. that I like his sax on. All right. Well, so another two in a row. Here's Let's Go Trippin'. <laughs> One more instrumental. Maybe this is the one I liked. Maybe. It might be off a different record, too. Who knows? Oh, this one. This is a Dick Dale tune, by the way. Yeah. Okay. This one Pretty I like guitar line. Yeah, I liked this one. This one was the the one I thought was the best um, instrument for sure. But like I said, none, they're not good enough at this point to put an instrumental on a record. I mean, five of them. There are five instrumentals on this record. I know. Almost half the record is instrumental. I know, and, they and none of them are good enough to re-listen to. No. 
Um, Once you hear one of them, you've heard all of them, essentially. The best thing about this song is that for some reason in my iTunes, the R disappeared from the name, so it just is called Let's Go Tippin', and I literally was like, there's going to be a song about tipping cows on this record? And then I was really disappointed when it was just Let's Go Trippin' and a dumb instrumental. All right, so now we have Finders Keepers to close out the record. Oh, this is another one of those situations where they take Contemporary expressions to make into songs. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I know. I had to go look that up because I'm like, oh, my God, they did do it again. Yeah, I don't know. Although, he did not write this one with Gary Usher. He wrote it with Mike Love, but you got to think it's the same. Yeah. Also, it's about his girlfriend stealing his surfboard and then saying, Finders Keepers, which I guess could be cute, but the way these guys take surfing pretty seriously... They should be pissed. serious surfers, dude. I hate the I hate the low vocal on it, uh, which I think is Mike Love. Is that right? Yeah, he does the. I do. He not, does the low and the highest one. He of all can't things. sing low, like it's fine. He can hit the notes, but you can barely hear it. You can just like down here, like you can't. I think it sounds so dumb. I mean, no, it's not a good song. No. So that's Vibe Surfing Safari or Surfing USA, yeah. which I remember. The first time I listened to was super impressed by yeah. just because straight off surf and safari. I was like, holy shit, this sounds like real music. It is three times and as good then as surf and safari. As, like the second time I listened to it, it's, it's pretty it's bad great. still. Yeah. yeah. Like the production value definitely does jump up a lot once they get onto capital. Yeah. But it, the it's content just, a, it's still, still a weak record. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's weaker it, it, than I thought. It was exciting yeah. to get at least you know, like a few good, better songs. Yeah. Than fucking surfing safari. Yeah. But so in the end, if surfing, if uh surfing safari was two out of ten, I think this is still only a three. And honestly, yeah. I'd well, give, I don't I, know. This I'd, could be a four because surfing USA and Lana are great, like much surfing better USA than any songs on surfing song. safari. Yeah. And like those two on a more consistent record, I feel like could stand. Uh, I don't know. I think, well, what, do you know what the single, I mean, the single was 100% Surfing USA. Do you know what the B-side was? Uh, They, let's see, I believe. I would assume. They, they just did Surfing USA and then Shut Down was the backside. Jesus So their, their singles pretty much until like 65 were yeah. A-side surfing song, B-side car song. Yeah. So the first one was uh, 409 is the B-side and then yeah. Surfing Safari is the A-side. So I they do that for a while. Yeah, it's pretty And bad. I hate that it. Well, comes back up. You'll be excited for yeah. later in this episode. Um, no, I would give it. I'd give it a two. Okay, one yeah. better. Yeah, it is. It's better enough to acknowledge, but it's not better enough. They, they, they became, in the end to again, like I'm still not ever going to go back to this. Yeah. I don't. Think. They're still not good musicians at this point. No. Um, but they're certainly better than on that first record. So that means I am obligated to give it a three because that is one better than Surf and Safari. All right. Well, let's move straight along, mostly because I'm sick of that record. Yeah to surfer girl which is um legitimately a great record i would say it was fine oh man all right i listened to it again today so surfer girl is the one that i kept going back to yeah like i listened to it five or six times when i just wanted to listen to it this week because it's it's got some really good songs on it it's also got some really crappy songs on it Oh, yeah. But it's got some really good songs, and, you know, it's got definitely the best production value we have heard from the Beach Boys so far, and we'll hear today. Yeah. And Except for the title track, Fucking Blows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Okay. So, um, 
let's see. So surfer girl, for some reason I have like a whole page of space in between my notes here. Um, okay. So this was released in September, 1963. They recorded it in May, July. So like okay. right after that other record was yeah. released, they recorded it. Um, so Brian, again, He's playing the bass, playing piano, singing, writing, producing. This is the first record uh, Brian gets producer credit. On the first Capitol yeah. record, they just gave their like, oh, no, it might be Little Deuce Coop. Uh, nope, this is it. Because he basically produced them before, but the label just gave their in-house guy credit on the record. And yeah. so, but so Brian gets a producer credit on this one or a lead producer. Uh, let's see. Everything's the same as the last record, except... Our boy Al Jardine comes back. He's on break yeah. from dentistry school, and <laughs> wait, he contributes. Wait, wait, wait. He's not done. He's on break. I think he's point. on break. I mean, how long does dentistry school take? He's only been there for less than a year at this point. I thought it was like a seminar that he went to. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a full-on degree, PJ. I don't know about that. To be able to be a DDS. Mm-hmm. You have to get a doctorate and everything. He might not have ever gotten it. We're going to Wikipedia Al Jardine. I tweeted because... him the other day, and I asked him uh, why his Twitter didn't say DDS on it. It better have been from our account. I believe it was from yeah, the Beach okay. Boys Boys account. Also, we have like 100 followers already, which is really impressive to me. So yeah. I appreciate the fans coming out. Yeah. Love you out there. Um. So <laughs> let's see. So he, yeah, it says Alan Charles Jardine DDS. Huh. Interesting. Um. So let's see. He never... Wow, his Wikipedia does not say if he ever completed his degree, which I guess has to mean he didn't, but... I mean, and the fact that it doesn't say that on his Twitter, you know? I mean, dentists are really popular on Twitter. If there's any way to get verified, it's to get on. It's to be a dentist. So, but he comes back to uh, sing some backing vocals, and he helps with the lyrics on a song and plays a little bit of bass guitar. So um, what happened actually is that Brian was already sick of touring. Yeah. <laughs> like six months after they became a band that well, toured I mean, a lot. Of course. They're just doing like since he's playing bass, he's just doing the same bass line <laughs> for every single song. Well, regardless. So he's already trying to get out of touring. And so yeah. apparently Al comes back to play bass for them on tour a little bit. And then that's like he helps a little bit with writing one song here. And then by the next record, he's, like, almost a full member again. Yeah. And by the next, by 1964, he is just a full-on member again, so. Okay, right on. Anyway. So, yeah. So, this is even more Brian lead vocals. He's on, he's the main lead vocalist on this record, which I think, to me, no, Brian. Oh, I thought. I think, to me, uh, has a lot to do with how good I think it is, just because I like his voice so much more than Mike's. Um, I, I don't like Mike Love's he voice. Co- yeah. uh, Mike works occasionally, but he's much better as like a two songs per album guy than a you know nine songs per album yeah. guy. Well, and th- there are some times where I don't care for Brian's voice, but yeah. you know it's better. It's more consistent than Mike's. Yeah. So and then on this record, just the production value continues to get like this record really takes a huge leap forward from surf and safari in a way that's crazy that it's only, it's less than a year later that they're recording it and Brian's still producing. And yet this sounds like touring, right? A little bit. So they probably got just better, like in tune with each other as musicians. But even regardless of that, like they add a lot more layers to stuff. There's a lot more double tracked lead vocals. Yeah. There's a lot more like different instruments and stuff. Anyway. So, 
Alright, so Surfer Girl. So this is a Brian Wilson lead. Yeah. This was supposedly the first song he ever wrote, by the way. Which is interesting. I actually didn't know that. Also, so I didn't think I'd ever heard this song before I listened to it. You've definitely heard I've this definitely song. I've definitely heard it somewhere. Yeah. It's a huge Beach Boys song. I just did not realize that it was I had like a that. piano book when I was a kid taking piano lessons that was pop songs on piano, you know? And this was in it, along with like yeah. Rockin' Robin and a couple other crappy songs. But yeah. so, I mean, aside from the fact that I've listened to the Beach Boys a lot in my life, I know this one because of that. Yeah. I don't like this song. No, I don't either. Um... This is probably the most famous Beach Boys song, aside from Kokomo, which obviously is divisive. This is probably the most famous Beach Boys song that is so? beloved, quote unquote, that really? I think is just pretty bad. Oh, okay. Kokomo. Yeah. Okay. I Don't thought, get hung I up th- on Kokomo. We'll get there. No, I thought you were saying that it was... Surfer Girl was divisive? No, that this was the most famous one. Oh, no. You're just saying the most famous This is probably the most famous, like... like unequivocally good beach boy song that i think is pretty bad oh yeah, yeah. it's an or awful just song. i don't think it's awful i just think it's boring nothing about it grabs me well, I mean, although i th- do like this guitar in here oh, did we miss it we missed it there's kind of some nifty lead guitar behind the vocals during that section but yeah whatever um so anyway brian wrote this on his way to a hot dog stand by the way which is a detail i know you would Holy love shit. <laughs> he pulled over in his car and was like god damn got it <laughs> I think he still stopped for hot dogs, though. <laughs> he was headed to just driving to yeah. the hot dog stand. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, Surfer Girl's fine. For how big of a hit it is, I don't care. No, it's it's not great. All right, now we got Catch a Wave. It shouldn't have been the titular song. But it was a huge hit. I know, but... I don't like this one. Wait, no. Is this the one with the harp on it? Okay, I love the harp. Mike Love's sister Maureen plays the harp on this song. I love the harp. I know. This was... Yeah, yeah when that, that harp, harp came in, good. that was the moment where I went, holy shit, they're only an album away from Surf and Safari, yeah. and they're adding, like, harp. God, the harp it's, is It's so impressive, good. man. I See, I didn't like this song And then generally. the keyboard in the back is really good, too, the organ. Yeah. I did, yeah so... That's I liked the instrumentals on this one, but not like the basic. It's twelve bar blues again, so I don't really give a shit about that. I think this is a good song though. I think it's fine. I don't like how it starts out. They, I don't, I don't like the like. They should have started out with the way with the harp. Oh, a hundred percent. I love the harp though, and I that do is like their that trump card, and they should have played it early. Yeah, I do like that organ. Um, yeah, this is a for you know this is probably one of my favorite just all surfing songs that they've yeah. done at least so far. I like this one. Um, all right, the Surfer Moon, which I'm not positive what that means. I, I bet they explain it. This was the first Beach Boys track to have a string arrangement. Another Brian Wilson lead. This also, to me, sounds like a bad Frankie Valley song. Oh, I really like this song. I don't know. It's fine. This is the song where if he just replaced Surfer Moon with like, it's a romantic moon or something, yeah. I would 
throw it on a lot of playlists or something. But midnight I just love, I'm a little bit of a sap for like, you know, schlocky old ballads. Yeah. And so this one hits me right in the, I love it. Yeah. I think this song's great. I think it's fine. I don't know. I didn't hate it. Um, I didn't love it. But here's the thing, like, what's crazy is that we're just, like, already so far past the, like, offensively bad Beach Boys songs, which is kind of wild to me. Yeah, that no, I don't think so. it didn't take but... them, well, as of this album, we're already past it. Like, I, I think all three of these songs None are, of the songs are, on this record yeah. are offensively bad No, I think all. I think right now, every single song that's played has been better than any song on yeah, Servant's Party. Yeah, agree. All right, you want to get to South Bay Surfer, or do you have something to add there? I don't have anything to add. It's just okay. kind of boring it's fine it's fine i really like the melody of it but i can see why it doesn't grab you all right so al jardine helped the write these bitchin lyrics here yeah oh i hated this one i, I ha- love this absolutely song. hated this one I, okay but i did uh, i did very much did appreciate that it's a surf song that do- that isn't 12 bar blues yeah they like changed it up i like which the I like. yeah i like the vocals on this where they're doing the long um holds on all the yeah. notes and stuff like except this there's a part coming up where they like shoehorn in some lyrics and it sounds really awful like i really like the long yeah i really like that sound of them taking the notes like four or five beats long and kind of see yeah. and that's i'm trying to support I, I like it. No, I think it's a fun I don't song. give a shit about the lyrics, but I like the sound of it for sure. Okay. Oh, wait. No, that's... Okay, that's what I had to say about it. I like that he goes, rock out, and then goes and to then, another verse. And it's not a solo? Yeah, it's You expect like a solo. piano solo right there yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it yeah. doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, no, I think this song was... Oh, that's what it was. That's why I didn't like the song. The drumming is so lazy. Well, yeah, Yeah. But... Dennis was like 12 at this time, so. <laughs> no, nah, Dennis is still like 17 or 18. Yeah. Like I no, said, 19 12. or 20. Eh, 12. Eh, whatever. Same difference. It's just like, it should have been so much snappier and like a like a higher pitch. That's true. Snare. It should have been on the snare of the toms, or it should have been a snare tom fill, yeah. like with both of them. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I, it's just so weird that they did it. I don't know. I, I do not disagree with you, but I like that one. Aside from the hyper specific regional lyrics again yeah. like it's all just name dropping region yeah. regions it's i like that i like the sound of that one all right yeah rock i didn't think surfer. it was bad i think the drums Shut i think I we're going to the next song it. okay it's the rock and surfer sorry this one's an instrumental yeah yeah and only one of one no two only one of two on this record which helps I think this one's more interesting than any of the instrumentals on the last record, but it's still nothing special. Is this one it's still piano? Just fine. No. No. That's is that Boogie the Woody. One? This one's got that little organ track in the background that for some reason isn't showing up a lot in our mix. You can hear it, like, very faintly. Oh, it is very quiet, yeah. It's I don't like, know why, but... It, yeah, I was thinking... I kind of like the organ, but yet. aside from that, it's No, just it's just kind of boring. Yeah. All right. Little Deuce Coop. This, I think, is offensively bad to me. I do not like this one. I the do not. The only take I have on the song is it's fun. That's all I got. I didn't like it. I did not care for it. 
We'll get to Little Do Scoop again. All right, in my room, another Beach Boys classic. Like Stone Cold classic. And more Morning Love Harp. I'm pausing because I really want to tell you about the background of this song. Yes, please do. Okay, so this is when Gary Usher and Brian were still hanging out. So, <laughs> all right, this is a quote from Gary Usher. Brian and I came back to the house one night after playing a baseball game. I played bass and Brian played organ. The song was written in an hour, mostly by Brian. When we finished, it was late after our midnight curfew. <laughs> Keep in mind, they're like 24 years old at this point. <laughs> In fact, Murray, his dad, came in a couple of times to tell me to leave, but then they got um, they got his mom, Audrey, who was putting up her hair before bed, <laughs> and we played it for her, and she said, that's the most beautiful song you've ever written, and Murray said, not bad, which was the nicest thing he ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Murray just fucking hated Gary Usher for reasons I do not know. Yeah. I feel like I'd have to read a book, probably, to... <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> to figure out why, but I just love uh, that as like 23, 24-year-old guys, they're hanging out midnight like, curfew. oh, we're hitting up the midnight curfew, but it's such a good song. Like, you have a fucking record contract. Yeah. Curfew's gone, baby. Get it out of here. Why is Brian even still living with his dad? Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. He has anyway, like two fucking hit records so, at this but point. But in my room, here we go. I thought this song was really schlocky when I was like a teenager, like the perfect age to think it was great. Yeah. And now that I'm old enough to like appreciate it, I don't really care anymore because I don't feel like an angsty teenager. But uh, so it never hit me right. But I guess I appreciate this one in a way that I don't particularly like it. But if it had hit me at the right time, I feel like this could be my favorite Beach Boys song. It just I, didn't. I don't like it. Um, I don't think it's offensively bad. I re- it's probably the first great produced Beach Boys song. Like, all of the production on it is pretty impeccable. And it the double-tracked yeah. Brian Wilson vocals are amazing. I don't know. that the the, the Which one was that one? Um, South Bay Surfer. Wait, which one was the harp one? Yeah. Catch a Wave. Yeah. That one was produced really well as well. It was, yeah. But I just I think the song is boring and I don't really care for it. I, I don't know. Is this is the first one that bad, that makes me realize, like, oh, by 1966, they're gonna sound like a way different band. No, well, yeah, but this like is a peek at it. Like yeah. this song could have been a 1966 Beach Boys song. He would have added more to it. Yeah. But just generally, like, I don't. I it, think the production is impressive. It, on it's it. it's certainly not the worst one I've heard, but like, I don't know. On this album, I think the only song that I truly hate so far is Little Deuce Coop. I really don't like it. That's fun. Alright, next. Alright, Hawaii. Yeah, this is just like another Frankie This is my club. Yeah. It's weird to me that Mike Love assumed that he was going to be able to do that his whole life. Sing that high. Because they're still touring, and Mike Love is still trying and yeah. not succeeding. Just drop it down a few keys. 
don't know, man. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Um, I actually don't hate it either. I mostly just don't care that it's like about Hawaii, but yeah, whatever. I don't know. All right, Surfer's Rule. I thought this was hilarious because it's not like Surfer's Rule. It's about a surfing rule, right? No, it's about Surfer's Rule. It's about Surfer's Rule, you drool. Oh, so yeah. really the only lyric I listened to was the first one. that was like, it's plastered all up and down the wall. I guess that makes sense. I, thought, I was okay. imagining like this part. That's not bad. It's really good. Like that bad. melody, especially dropped into the rest of it. I've is heard that so melody good. somewhere else, though. It sounds familiar, but I don't think I've heard it in anything older than this. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, I'll try to think of it. Oh, also, I have a, a correction to make from last episode. Please. Uh, this is the perfect time, PJ, interrupting right before I'm about to tell you something about this song. But please, th- that go is ahead. perfect. Because I mean, this song was okay. I did like the, that part that you liked. But there's a lot to say about it. Uh. So save it. Okay. So this song so last is week, about the I surfers being about... better than greasers, which is weird because you would think the greasers are the ones who are into cars, but yeah. the Beach Boys like straddle both of those worlds. But then this song is all about them being anyone. That is doesn't weird. matter. But at the very end of this song, there's a lyric where they like actually call out the four seasons. Yeah. Um. Did you catch that? No. We'll keep playing. I will play it. Let's see. I think you're down. Yeah. No, I am. I just don't remember exactly where it comes out. I think it might be coming up. No. Um, we'll just let it come. But anyway, so he calls out the four seasons because, like, the arrival, the four seasons from Jersey and them from LA are like greasers and surfers. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then like since they were the two highest selling groups. Yeah. In the country at that point, they were like weirdly rivals. Surfers rule four seasons. You better believe it. Wow. Such a diss. It honestly is just like kind of wild to me that they called them out by. They were doing diss tracks that early. I mean, yeah, but them to just yeah four it's, seasons. It's interesting. Fucking look out, dog. So, yeah. Uh, which is funny because I don't think the four seasons ever come up again. <laughs> Like they I mean, very much did Frankie not Valley last. The four seasons, yeah, they. The four seasons also, to be fair, did not have like a musical genius in their band. So, Frankie Valli wasn't bad. Yeah, I don't know. But... He's not like he's not. He's no Brian Wilson. All right, let's get to our car club. A to-do list made into a song. This song blows. Yeah, I hated this one. I didn't hate it. I, it wasn't good. All right, you can go to the next one. My take on it is it's the first, like, non-instrumental song since that first record that just is straight up bad, Oh, I think. I think this one is as bad as Lil Deuce Coop to me. This one's much more annoying to me because there's a verse where they just go through the steps of, like, how would you start a car club? Let's put up flyers in our school. Let's get people to come to our meetings. Like... Okay. Which one's the one? I would much rather hear a narrative about like a cool, intense race where you almost die. Like that's at least somewhat interesting. But you figuring out how to like get jackets printed? (laughs) No, no. Go to the screen printers down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jesus. All right. Uh, Wait, which one is the one where we may have already talked about? I know on Surfing USA, 
yeah. they do make a very long list of like things to put on. But there's another song where they're like, where they keep oh. talking about putting on certain sandals and like, yeah, Rarachis. Yeah, they bring that up a lot. So yeah. in Noble Surfer, is no- uh, Noble Surfer is the one where it's just which like is off Surfing very, USA. Yeah, yeah, a very long list. Of, like they describe what he's wearing, and it's like yeah, he it's has like long like floppy verses. hair and yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, I have to say their lyrics were not to some degree. Their lyrics are never that great. No, although I'm sure we'll find songs that we think are lyrically good, but. That's Maybe. never the strong <laughs> suit of the Beach early. Boys, and it's yeah. especially not the strong suit of the Beach Boys now. Okay. Um. Yeah. All right. Your summer dream. I don't even remember this song. My notes don't remember this song either. <laughs> I think that's basically the whole song in the first two lines. Yeah. I don't think anything interesting happens. No. All right. Not that into it. So, and then our last track, Boogie Woody. I think I liked this one. Yeah. The thing is, it's like, he's still not a good piano player at this point. It's like, he's just banging out chords, kind of. And then the organ is the same thing. It's just the exact same thing that he's playing on piano played on organ. But I like this. Like, it's got a groove to it. Yeah, it's 12 bar blues, but I think the but organ, it's fun. The organ is it's fun. The, the best instrumental we've heard today yeah. so far. I, this is the one that I liked a lot. Yeah. Um. Apparently, first of all, apparently this song is based on Flight of the Bumblebee, which yeah, I don't think so. Like maybe the chord progression is similar, but. Um, anyway, but apparently Brian Wilson, I didn't ever know this, loved to play like boogie woogie piano. Like that was his favorite thing to play on piano. And so, but this is like the only song they ever recorded where he really just went full tilt into it. But yeah. it was like his favorite. If he just was going to sit down and jam, he just rocked yeah. out like I mean, a 12 if, bar. If you ever hear like a good boogie woogie piano player, it's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This is like fine. Yeah. yeah. You know, what are you going to do? All right, what did you have to say about something from last week? Oh. Should I sound more or less annoyed than I just did? <laughs> mm. All right, what did you have to say? Try Make both. it quick. Uh, so, last week I said that there's already a better song called Chug-A-Lug at this point. Uh, yeah. the Chug-A-Lug by Roger Miller came out like a year or two after Ugh. theirs. But it's, I'm very glad. I Did people on our Twitter alert so you to that? They did, yeah. yeah. They fucking blew that shit up. Dog. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I know, yeah. But the funny part it is... It was like everything you would tweet, they would just reply to you about that, and yeah. you're like, that's not even what I'm so tweeting I'm, about. Guys, yeah. I'm apologizing for that. But I they know. couldn't let it go. Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, wait for the next episode to drop. Yeah. We'll I, tell you then. I do think it's funny that the Beach Boys version of Chug-A-Lug is about chugging root beer down at the shop, <laughs> and uh, Roger Miller's is about drinking homemade wine at school. <laughs> so... It's a little bit different between that is the surfer culture funny. and like the yeah. country culture. Yeah. <laughs> Homemade wine in a mason jar. Yeah. Homemade and brought to school. I did the lyrics wrong then. Don't yeah, don't blow good. up my Twitter. Okay. What would you give Surfer Girl out of a ten point rating? I just know we have a lot. No of... decimals. No decimals? Yeah, we're not pitchfork. Damn it. Um full numbers only. I know we have a lot of albums to go, and this doesn't one matter. It's certainly not going to be my favorite. 
I'll give it. I want to say three and a half, but I oh, guess since boy. we don't do halves, no halves. You I'll gotta do, choose. I'll do three four. Or four. I'll do four. Damn, I'm giving it a full on six. Mm. I, I will straight up listen to this record again in my life, which <laughs> is saying something. Yeah. Given the quality of the other records we listened to today, and like, there's actually some non, you know, single cuts from this record that are impressive to me, which, um, again, we're in an era where that is rare for the Beach Boys, yeah. so. Okay, well, now we're to their third and final record of the year 1963. It is Little Deuce Coop, which pissed me off. It I I called it pretty demoralizing <laughs> because I got really high after listening to Surfing USA and Surfer Girl, just like, holy yeah. shit, they got good quick. Like I was expecting this to yeah. be somewhat of a slog until like 1965 when I cuz as much as I listen to them a lot more than you do, I really yeah. haven't heard anything consistently before 1965. Right. I really only know the singles. So I was impressed that they got that good that quick, especially Surfer Girl. They got I thought, better quick. I thought, like, Surfer Girl is not only listenable, there's some straight-up great songs on here. So yeah. I can handle it. And then Little Deuce Coop came on, and I got really depressed about it. Oh, yeah. We are back to square one. <laughs> <laughs> boring songs boring lyrics boring production yeah I, so i was listening to this while i was driving boring everything i listened to all three oh, of hey. them while i was driving that makes sense yeah i get it yeah i should have that actually probably would have helped the experience for me is if i was driving my because i own i own a 32 ford coupe See, as yeah, you know i own a, a cherry red one i own a big deuce coupe so i couldn't oh yeah. that's hard yeah, they also call me Big Deuce down at the yeah. Coop Club. I own a big a big quad coupe. But I do own a cherry a cherry deuce coupe. So oh. it made listening to this album pretty good, I have to say. Yeah. What, r- driving around in it, I was like, you know what? A lot of these lyrics feel for some reason or another, you know, I've never been surfing, but a lot of the records or a lot of the lyrics on this record really hit home to me. And it was in a right. way I couldn't really pinpoint. Mm-hmm. But just driving around in my cherry red 1932 Ford Coupe, I did a lot of races for Pink's that day. Yeah. Um, Pink's hot dogs. I yeah, I bragged to a lot of people about how slick my rod was. And you do have a slick rod, you know? Yeah, exactly. Can, it's the I slickest thing that. about me. Yeah. And you know, just a lot of these songs seemed right for that situation, but I'm not. Yeah. I, I couldn't explain how. Like I struggled to come up with a good way mm-hmm. to describe it, but. This album really meant a lot to me, is all I can say. Yeah. So. That yeah. being said, it driving around blows. in my, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, it fucking blows. It does blow, but you know, driving around in my Letterman jacket, oh, uh, in my little Deuce Coupe that is cherry red and it has a 409 engine, and I shut someone down during a race. It's a custom machine and too. And got a date with a cutie who is really crazy about cars, and then I named it Betsy. It just this album weirdly spoke to me yeah. in a way that I can't really explain. So this this record does, yeah. Um, we oh, have, but I was listening to this. I, I had a thing while you were driving. Like, yeah, yeah. Driving. Me too. Yeah. Okay, so I was driving what around driving? in my. Well, it was a cherry red. Okay. Uh, Deuce Coupe with a four. Oh, your engine, microphone stopped working. It's super weird. Um, I was driving around. Uh, <coughs> in my chair. Oh. Anyway, I was driving. I would. Uh, and uh, listening to all three of these, and the first two, uh, there were some where they would grab my attention, and the third one, uh, it was like maybe, 
maybe I've just listened to the Beach Boys too much at this point where I just hate all of them. But you saying that you also hated this album? No, it's really It's bad. a bad album. Yeah. It's very bad. And it was like songs I fucking heard before. Well, yeah. So there are four songs on this record that we have heard before. Yeah. Which did not happen on the other albums, correct? Which is a lot. Yeah, there have been no repeats so far. This is the record where they compiled all their car songs from the previous record. Little Deuce Coop, Four and I, Shut Down, and Our Car Club. And put them all on this one, along with amazing new originals like Ballad of Old Betsy, Be True to Your School, Cherry Cherry Coop, No Go Showboat, Young Man Is Gone, a tribute to James Dean, and Custom Machine. All right, so we're going to skip Little Deuce Coop because we fucking heard it before and it sucks and nothing's new. Yep. Oh, hey, so uh, the one good update from this record, Al Jardine, this is when he was full on touring, playing bass. He is credited on this record as playing bass and singing. This is David Mark's last album, which good riddance, you 18-year-old fucking loser. He made Murray Wilson mad at some point and got kicked out of the band, which is great that a dad kicked like an 18-year-old out of his son's band because he didn't like him. Why don't you Um, go not find a date to prom, kid? He like got into an argument with him after some show and then never showed up again, even though apparently he was legally a member of the group for like six years after that. That's awesome. And did not know it. Like, was just, yeah. he never got, like, removed from any of their contracts. Yeah, which is great. That's but really funny. Anyway, everything's the same, actually, as the last record, technically. Although it is, again, David Mark's last record. Also, according to some people, this is the first. So, people often credit Pet Sounds as the first concept album. Apparently, there is a contingent out there that credits this as the first concept album because this is all car songs. Which is weird because, like, there were definitely three theme record like i would call this a theme record not a concept oh record. this is not a concept record no but there's apparently a contingent out there that rides on that wave of this is the original concept record which to all of you weird old beach boys stands out there who have to call this the first concept record you already won that argument with pet sounds like get off your high goddamn horse all right we're gonna get going so we're gonna go uh we're skip little deuce coop because it's still just inoffensively fine and about cars so here's Ballad of Old Betsy. Your bad song. Don't like it. Also sounds like Frankie Valley. Um, it's technically about a car, but Betsy is the name of Davy Crockett's gun, so I will just pretend that this song is a song about a musket my whole life. Yeah. I refuse to believe it. Actually, technically, all the lyrics work, except I don't know why you'd make a gun in Detroit. But, like, the thing about her being rusted but still working and taking a beating. So that Which really, also, yeah. if this song's just about a woman, pretty awful. Also, let's let's say this. That takes away any semblance of this being a concept album. <laughs> All right. Be true to your school. Oh, God. This was the cheesiest goddamn song I've ever heard in my life. None of them are in school at this point. Well, two of them are. Are they still? Who? Uh, Carl and David Marks are still in school. I thought David Marks was out. Carl is 18. David Marks is like 16 right now. Actually, wait, yeah. He's like only 16 when he gets kicked out of the band. That's so great. God, I love that. Murray Wilson was such a dickhead. So great. Okay, so what's weird about Be True to Your School, I did not realize that I had only ever heard the single version of this song, Yeah. which is way different and way cheesier. This song is actually pretty good because wait until you hear the single version, PJ. You're going to hate it. 
I didn't like the regular movie. No, just wait. It's even better. It'll kick in. Number one. Here we go. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's got like a full-on cheerleader marching band theme throughout the entire song. Also, what I have to it's say awful. is Inside Outside USA. <laughs> it's the exact same song. So, yeah. So, like, same be True to Your vocals. School is not great. However, what is great is from those deluxe edition liner notes, this is what – oh, where did it go? You gotta love those liner notes. Okay. So this guy, even 27 years later, it's still one of the most popular songs the Beach Boys perform in concert. When Mike sings the intro, it's impossible not to feel the pride and power of eternal youth. (laughs) Who the fuck (laughs) writes these? I just can't imagine being that earnest that this song like still hits home when you're like a 70 year old man and you're like, ah, yeah. I love my high school um, days going to those football games and going to the track beating up nerds. Yeah, exactly. Like what? I mean, to be fair, I am an overly cynical person. Like I grew up hating everything school spirity, yeah. but I just cannot imagine a world where like as you know an what? old man, you're like, ah, oh, I'm just reminded of the good old days. After hearing the song though, Peter, I do miss spilling senior high. <laughs> All right. Go Bronx. Car crazy cutie. Run, a run, a do run, run. Didn't like it. It's a pretty good intro, to be fair. Like, the vocal stuff is cool. It's just that I'm remembering what's coming next, and I know I don't like it. See, and that was very well produced. That beginning part. And then, I guess it's... This song is well produced. It's, it's just yeah. not a good song. And it's pretty catchy, but again, I just don't care about cars. Yeah. So what's interesting, um Do you care about surfing though? A lot. Yeah. Oh right, I forgot my bit. Uh no, I hate surfing, I love cars. So, um eh. apparently okay, so they kept those four songs. It they did the other eight songs, PJ, in yeah. guess how many days? Three. Okay, uh, lower. A day? They cut those eight songs in one day. God damn it. Fucking of in course In one they... day. Which kind of forgives the fact that it's like not particularly well produced. Or it's not It's not badly produced. It's just there's nothing interesting happening. Yeah. It's very, uh, you know, just practical. Just, yeah, well, and then but, they fucking, you know, put, I don't know. I think this is a goddamn cop-out album. So there's an interesting uh, quote from this guy. So the Roger Christian guy, yeah, who becomes basically like the new Gary Usher to Brian Wilson, was super into Hot Rods and helped him yeah. write a bunch of songs. Okay. And he was from New York and like drove to L.A. just basically because he was like obsessed with car culture and that's kind of where it was blowing up at the time. So he just like moved there and became like a guy in the scene, you know, befriended car people and music yeah. people. Anyway, so, like, according to him, it was, like, a big deal because surfing only meant so much to people who weren't in surf locales. Yeah. But the car thing was pretty universal in that era. And so that's kind of why the car thing took off as much as it did, even though now it just seems so, like, American graffiti. It's ridiculous. That's That's what I was wondering earlier, like, how they became such a big band if most of their stuff is, like, we're surfing. Yeah. And like, so like, yeah. where can you surf in the U S there's like four places. Yeah. Oh. 
So, yeah. All right, Cherry Cherry Coop. God, we're going to speed through this thing. This album blows. Cherry go now. Yeah, don't like this song. Um, what's great is that this song, so a few of these songs Brian just like had in the hopper, Yeah. but he didn't really have lyrics for, or he had different lyrics for, and they just changed it to be about cars. <laughs> this song, oh, this is great. This song was originally called Land Ahoy, it's a fucking <laughs> which is an song. amazing name for a song. Here's the original. Oh, there's a recording. Yeah. Like some demo. I kind of like this demo better. I've been overseas for almost a year. Anytime now, precious land should appear. I've been away from my yeah. lovers alone. It's sort of proto Sloop John B, actually. Yeah. I don't dislike it. It's badly produced because it's just a demo, but. I kind of like the way it was produced, though. I like it better than Cherry Cherry Coop. Oh, Coop. yeah, that's mostly what I mean. All right, we're yeah. going to skip 409 and shut down because we've already talked about them. Here's Spirit song. of America, a beautiful ballad Spirit of Massachusetts about the first the rocket-propelled car. Yeah, I didn't. I hated this one. How do you feel this about does it? sound very Frankie Valley. Um, yeah. I just like it, too. It's a little catchy. A lot of their car songs are very Frankie Valley. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is dumb. Which maybe is like the way where they're most directly competing with them, because that might have been a thing they both sang about, which Frankie Valley did not sing about surfing. Yeah, I think that might be it, because all their surf songs, they were like, we gotta have that surf groove. Right, right. Yeah. Um, what's interesting though is that yeah, so like Spirit of America was the first jet fueled car or yeah. jet engine car. Um, so apparently, so it first set like the fastest record at the Salt Flats. But then that was broken pretty immediately. Yeah. And so then when it tried to beat it, the only record Spirit of America still holds is the Guinness record of longest skid marks. Because mm. so it, it set the record at 400 yeah. and then it set another record at 500 and then like someone immediately beat that one. So the guy, I forget his name off the top of my head, but the guy got back in Spirit of America to try and beat that record and like wiped out. Or, like, the car just slid out, and so he just skidded across the salt flats for, like, hundreds of feet, and so that's how he owns the most, the longest skid marks, which is pretty awesome. Have you heard the story about the salt flats? Oh, which one? Well, of course. (laughs) Uh, No, and I don't know if this is true or not, but um, from what I understand, uh, so, like, those records, like, the first guy who beat it, like, genuinely had a fast car, but they were like, we need to find a place to do this, and they didn't have a place. Uh, and so they used the salt flats because they're like, this is the perfect so place. They just cut down all the trees that used to live on the salt flats. Exactly. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> they tore down the town that was there. Yeah. And then other people, once they were like, oh, there's a fucking flat space where you can do this, it was like easy to beat. Yeah. Like it wasn't a particularly like, uh, well, I mean, it was an amazing invention of the time, I guess. But other people yeah. were like, oh, I could make that way better. I just, yeah. I, thanks for showing me a place to do <laughs> it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, what's interesting about that, I mean, that's, like, sort of still true to some degree. Like, I wrote a story this summer about a guy from Missoula who went down to the Salt Flats to race his motorcycle. And, like, he broke the previous year's record on his first run by, like, 10 miles an hour. Like, by a lot. Yeah. And then, like, two days later, they do it over, like, six days. Yeah. Like, two days later. The Bonneville um, Salt Flat thing. Uh, Well. There's a name for it. Uh, Yeah. But this was, yeah, this is the motorcycle specific one. It wasn't a car one. But then, like, later that weekend, another guy broke his record by, like, 20 miles an hour. So, like, 30 over the original one. Yeah. And then later that weekend, that guy broke, like, his own record again by, like, another 10 miles an hour. 
so yeah people are still just like it's such an easy place to go so fast on that it's just ridiculous how much you can yeah, yeah. records don't last so and Bonneville then motorcycle speed trials thank you yep all right, so then we had our car club, which still sucks. Now we have no-go showboat, which is interesting, PJ, because, you know, it, it flips the car song concept on its head because instead of it being about the car being fast, it's about the car looking good but not being particularly fast because it's a no-go showboat. Get it? Make up your fucking mind. The Beach mind, Boys Beach were Boy. subversive in their day, man. All right, this song blows. Let's go to the next one. Yep. Oh, wait. There was an interesting quote about it that I wanted to read you. (laughs) No, there is. There is for sure. No, I believe you. Um, So there's this guy, Andy Paley, who was a like record producer of the time or a record. um, No, he was a, he was like a kid at the time, but he was a big record producer in the seventies. Yeah. Anyway. So he got interviewed about this. So he has a quote that says it was the early albums, which a lot of people dismiss because the subject matter in the lyrics. Yeah. Um, but it was the early albums that were really musically important to a lot of musicians and songwriters. So in tracks like no go showboat were influential to us because they were so much more complicated than the singles. So yeah. he's saying like, so he didn't really care about the lyrics, but like apparently no go showboat and custom machine are really advanced and Lana, um, were really advanced and tough to figure out as like a young musician, Brian playing with the songwriting formula. That's what made these records so much fun to live with. Huh. Which I actually think is an interesting take just because I mean it's, I mean I it's guess different it's interesting. than the 12 bar stuff. I don't think it's any more or less interesting no. than the stuff off Surfer Girl. Yeah. But I'd agree. It's interesting though that just someone was influenced by these who didn't give a lick about the car lyrics, which you know. Yeah. All well, right. especially listening to this fucking album. Yeah, well. So here's a young man is gone, a beautiful ballad about James Dean dying. <laughs> All you know, right. My favorite songs are about young young men dying. Have you heard that one about Anton Yelchin? I just love this song is like this super slow, thoughtful, you know, it's like it's double tracked, beautiful ballad about a kid dying. I actually didn't realize it was about James Dean the first couple times I listened to it, and I just assumed it was like, oh, this is like the dark side of car racing. Yeah. <laughs> and then they end with this song. My yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can die doing this, or you can have a bitchin' car. Yeah, which is weird, because the past two albums, they did do a better job ordering their songs. Yeah, it's just and like, why doesn't one... this go after Custom Machine and then end with the ballad? Yeah. It makes no goddamn this sense. Out it makes window. them just seem heartless. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, isn't it sad when people die? But I still have a cool car. Yeah. So Check I out my know. Custom Machine. Yeah. It's made of parts from James Dean's one. Yeah. Found yeah. on the side of the road. So, yeah. I don't know. Little Deuce Coop is, I guess I get why they recorded it, but it's a piece of junk. I did not like any song there on is, that album. Yeah, there's nothing to listen to this for. I think this goes, I think this is the first, worst one we've listened to so far. Oh. I'm giving it a solid single out of a 10. What did I give the first album? Servants the Fart. first album, I believe you also gave a one out of I'm 10. I'm giving it a one. Yeah. Because I hated this one and I hated the first one. <sighs> I was in a better mood listening to this one, though. That's that interesting not because I was in a worse mood listening to this one. No, this not, album, not because again, of the music. demoralizing, especially yeah. after Surfer Girl, which yeah. is a like legitimately pretty good record. Yeah. I just mean like personally, then, like oh, I got yeah, you. yeah, not not like that does help. But, yeah, you know. but I still didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was all right, fucking was <laughs> the Beach Boys. <laughs> that always helps. Yeah. So you know, here we go. 
They aren't going to slow down. They have three more records in 1964, although we won't get to them all in the same episode because we're going to do a special Christmas episode about the Beach Boys Christmas album. I'm excited but, about that. you know, another car record, but then another all summer long, which is, uh, you know, I don't want to totally give up where we're going, but just only improves, I think, on what they were doing in Surfer Girl. But Yeah. I don't know. So... Yeah, we're uh, we're getting there, man. We're getting out yeah. of the early days kind of quick, although we still have a ways to go until they start getting consistently that good. I mean, what are they good for two years and then down the hill? <laughs> Consist. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Consistent for like yeah, two years. Yeah. And then there's I think and then their they bring later it back stuff up with Kokomo. I think their later stuff that's inconsistent has better good songs than like this early stuff, but it's yeah. just as inconsistent. Like there's just as much just crap filler stuff. What album is Barbara Ann on? Uh, that is beach boys today. No, no, no. Barbara Ann's off beach boys party, which is in 1965. So it's going to be a Six couple five. episodes from yeah. now. Okay. Uh, if we, you know, just out of curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that is solidly in the, Oh, the beach boys are actually a good band all of a sudden era. So, yeah, all right. I don't know. Any last thoughts on 1963 from the Beach Boys? It was a little bit of... Yeah, I actually do. They're just growing fast through this era. Like, they're already losing band members to fights with Murray Wilson. (laughs) They're already getting band members back from dentistry school. Yeah. They're already adding harp and, like, glockenspiel solos to records, which is... Yeah, and the organ. um, But then they're taking massive steps backwards with entire concept albums about cars, which suck, so... I wouldn't even call it a concept album. Um, don't call it a concept album. Um, well, I think, you know, in and of itself, it's not a concept album because they fucking borrowed songs from things they'd already released. That's sort of true. So they didn't write it for that. Anyway, but um, they could have released one one or two really good albums with all of the music off of these four albums. That's a good Not point. really good, but like pretty good for the time like if they had loaded up surfer girl with like take off the two weakest tracks and put on like lana and surfing usa you got then like it's like pretty yeah, fucking that's good true album. that's like all of a sudden like a and, seven or eight album and since they all came out within like what 10 months of each other like all four of these albums uh may to october or no no march to october six months seven well, months, I, I, months. I was counting the first one too Service oh party. yeah yeah yes uh, so like all t- within 11 months i believe yeah i think the first one came out in late so, october or november so i mean you yeah. could have released like a pretty fucking good album that's true without having to like have any of that filler bullshit or any like terrible song like and more singles which is weird each of these records only has one single which is like they didn't fucking bananas. They didn't do three or four singles but like if they had released like two albums over this 10 months and had like four singles yeah but, that's, but yeah, that it is a little specifically weird. Specifically surprises me about Lil Duke's Coop because I feel like they would release every single one of those songs as a single. Yeah. Like it seems like something that Capital would have well, done. Well, I mean they technically were, they were just the B sides. Well, yeah, but Yeah. Which is it's just crazy to me that like they were like, let's Actually make... technically Little Duke's Coop had zero singles. They just left the other yeah, singles they were out just there, on there and then were just yeah. like, yo, you can get this as the B side or something. It's so weird to me that they didn't release all of those as a single and a B-side. Yeah. I feel like they could well, have done that. Well, technically, actually, Be True to Your School 
was like that re-recording <laughs> that we listened to with the yeah. rah rah rahs that was released as an a-side to, yeah. in my room which is strange but whatever that sounds like the worst one <laughs> the worst yeah. single you could have bought um yeah it's but like i don't know they could have it's just so weird to me that they were in such a rush to get these albums out. Yeah, again, because from what I can glean, there was little to no pressure from their record company to, you yeah. have to release three records this year. Yeah, They were just on a tear and yeah. felt like they just wanted to, which to some degree is fine. Like That makes a lot of the filler a little forgivable if yeah. they, it was just all pure energy and being excited about, I think, making music, but... But here's the I thing: agree. release there one shit. Zero... Yeah, release Surf and Safari, which was fucking garbage, and yeah. then take some time and like. Yeah. G- but get there was all little to no instrumentals like, off of there, you know, and quality put in good control songs. at this yeah. point outside of just Brian deciding whether he thought something was good or not. Like yeah. there was no other quality control. That, I mean, that's fair. I bet the other ones weren't writing like great songs at the time, but I mean, none of them were writing songs. So. Do they ever? start yeah yeah okay. after brian goes insane they yeah. start writing songs and they're pretty good to be fair there are some really good carl and dennis compositions in the late 60s early 70s but so far we have not had any non they're either covers or brian wilson, brian wilson. solo or brian wilson with someone else okay that compositions. makes sense yeah, yeah. so uh although you know i might be just very wrong about that i could double check on those yeah but... we'll just assume you're right we don't fact check on this show Fact checking is bullshit. Well, it takes yeah. too long. Yeah, cruising through Wikipedia for that shit is just ugh. hard pass. Hard pass. Boy. Anything else you got, Pete? I don't know. What have you been up to for the last week, PJ? Okay. Um. So what I've done this week is yeah. I um. Oh god, what did I do? I went bowling with a bunch of kids. Bowling with children. Yeah. That's just like your team. Your bowling team is all children. Yeah. <laughs> You're in a high school bowling league. They put me on the leukemia kid team. I don't know why. Oh! Carl Wilson wrote Surf Jam. <laughs> yeah, okay, I get We see got that. one. I mean, I don't know if that counts. He, he it does an instrumental. Yeah. Well, and he barely wrote it. They were just like, let's do the same exact thing we yeah, do on right. all of them. Writing an instrumental is Yeah, fun. no, that's That's bullshit. just the person who decided the chord changes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I yeah. guess technically is it's like writing, a third of the way to write in a song. Yeah. I mean, a Beach Boy song, it's about 90%. And then you yell some surfing stuff. Maybe add some dope-ass organ and harp in there. All right, we're good. No one else wrote any of the songs on any of these records. That was correct. Good for Carl getting that one writing credit, though. You know what? Honestly, yeah, good, good for, for him. him. Yeah. So, yeah, all right. The Beach Boys continue to be fine, although they're showing flashes, man. They're showing flashes. They could that so easily go downhill from this point. But here's the thing. Like, they don't. Okay, so we know if, that. But... If they're analog in 1963 – the other groups at the time are like R&B groups, which unfortunately, generally, stuff was racially divided enough that yeah. they were not considered like pop music. So like, but that's probably the only great music coming out at this time is like R&B music. It's, like in terms of like yeah. pop music. It's going to be like Paul Anka. Or white person pop music. Yeah. It's like that or like Andy Williams yeah. or Frankie Valley, which like Frankie and the Valley, Frankie Valley was good, yeah. but they, again, were like nowhere near like a self-contained group that was writing like yeah. their own hits kind of in the way that the beach boys were and producing themselves like as inconsistent and just straight up bad as they can be. I mean, they're I, probably the best group rock group around right now. I think they're the best, at least in America. I think since they have a record label at this point and they're writing their own songs and stuff, 
it was i mean it was probably just different for everybody but yeah. i think i think they are probably unmatched until the british invasion yeah for sure so. well and that's kind of we'll we'll get to that but yeah. they were like on top of the world and then the beatles fucking knocked, knocked them out of the ring off. well because then obviously. they had to like compete with them i'm making yeah. air quotes because they kind of don't outside no. of pet sounds but yeah they do with singles but with yeah, full records then, pet sounds is the yeah. only one so. i mean there's so many beatles albums that are just fucking masterpieces like through and through well yeah i mean pretty much everyone after yeah. they came to the states yeah so. well so that's been this week's show the beach boys boys where next week we'll talk about more sultry tunes about cars i mean if you want to fuck they were car, so <laughs> they were so in love with cars oh, the beach yeah. boys if man. you want to fuck a car as much as they do this is the podcast for you You've heard of Little Red Corvette. What about Cherry Cherry Coop? Am I right? <laughs> oh, yeah, buddy. All right, guys. Catch you on the flip side. This has been the Beach Boys Boys with Pete. And PJ. PJ.